Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Armchair Survivalist. I'm Kurt Wilson, The Armchair Survivalist, and today is January 19th in the year 2020. I want to welcome everybody to the show. Uh, thanks for being here. And My job is to give you a little bit of education on things that can help you survive a little bit better. And there's confusion with a lot of people on what survival means. Survival is not putting your camels on, strapping a pack and a gun to your back, and crawling through the mud in the woods. No, survival is the ability to extrapolate data and knowledge that you've accumulated over your lifetime and to use it in different ways in in, uh, emergency situations and life-threatening situations and just to use the knowledge that you have accumulated in all different ways to make your life a little bit easier and to make it safer and to exist in a more optimum condition. So that's what my job is. I've been around long enough that I've uh, paid attention, and that's the key. I'm one of the few people on Earth, there might be one in 100,000 that actually paid attention in their life. So they learned, and I'm one of them. And I hope you're one of them also. At least you're willing to try. That's the key component here. So my job is to give you information all kinds. And never, never discount where you get your information from. You know, people say, oh, I don't believe that that guy over there because he's full of crap. Or I don't want to listen to a rich guy because he's jaundiced against poor people. I don't want to listen to poor people because they don't know what the hell they're talking about because they're poor. No, knowledge comes from all kinds of places. You might listen to some guy blather on for two hours at a lecture. And he will say one thing that impinges on your universe and changes your mind about something. I was a master gunsmith for 25 years. We specialized in refurbishing old firearms, military firearms, Mausers, M1 Garands, uh, uh, Japanese rifles, uh, Polish rifles, weapons going back to 1860. And I never could get the stocks right. I never, because I don't want to replace the original stocks with new stocks. I want to somehow refurbish the old stocks and i don't just want to sand it down and recode it and blah blah i want it as new as possible and i had no idea how to do that i knew the technology existed but it was nowhere around one day i'm at a giant gun show pomona gun show and i'm walking over to a company that buys and sells gun stocks and they had a guy at the table he's probably about 90 years old where he was talking to them about uh, refinishing stocks. So I, my ears perked up and I started to listen. Now I'm hearing all kinds of other things out there, you know, how to buy stocks, how to cut them here and how to, how to sand them down and how to do this and how to do that. But that was all based on their new wood stocks. I'm interested in old used stocks, blood stained, mud stained. And this guy mentioned oven cleaner. That's all I had to hear, oven cleaner. Because based on all the other knowledge that I'd accumulated over my life up to that point, all I needed were those two words in conjunction with stocks. So I went home, and I got one of the ugliest, grotiest-looking stocks that I had out there. I don't mean busted up. I mean just stained, and there's no way you can restain this thing. It was so bad. And I coated it down with oven cleaner. And while I'm standing there watching this thing sitting in the stainless steel sink that I had, it was bubbling And ugly, brown crap was coming up. So I let it bubble for about 10 minutes, then I rinsed it off in in the hottest water I had. 
And lo and behold, the stock had started to take on a look of actual wood. So I had to I had to soak it down in oven cleaner two or three times. Over the years, I discovered the best oven cleaner to use, which would make it work faster. But at that point, I became the only person in the United States that knew how to refinish stocks that were over 100 years old. And it's because I heard a piece of information somewhere where I didn't think I would ever find it. So never discount where you're going to get your information. Show respect to those around you who are older than you and have lived longer than you because obviously they must have done something right somewhere. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here. All right, so anyway, we want to get some uh, news out of the way on the business, Survival Enterprises. You can go to survivalenterprises.com, se1.us, and uh, see what we have for sale. We still have different uh, various items on sale on the Internet. Uh, Food tabs, heirloom seeds, pepper seeds, the hottest peppers known to man seeds. We're also distributors of cold steel knives, so we have a, a line of cold steel knives here. I like cold steel because they hold an edge. Uh, and they're very strong knives. They're very, very strong. They last a long time. I have I have cold steel knives that I bought when I was, uh, let's just say, a long time ago. <laughs> I also have the, uh, carry the cold steel walking sticks, the canes, and these are in store only. I don't. Uh, I'm not going to be shipping these canes anywhere. They're too expensive. We also have actual battle ready uh, katanas and uh, wakasashis. We have some swords here that uh, when the zombie apocalypse hits, you'll, you'll be ready. You'll be ready. Plus, there's all kinds of other stuff here. We don't put a lot of it on the uh, on the Internet. I would say maybe 50% of the store is our, our uh, staples, the stuff that we sell, the nutritional products, the health products, uh, the soaps, things like that, and the rest of it is we're downsizing the house and bringing all kinds of oddball crap here to the store. You, you're never gonna, you're never gonna know what I have. I got a threat level two A vest here that's new. I've got some bayonets. I've got uh, uh, a pressure cooker from uh, a Puck. What his name is Puck. I've got Mother Earth News from 1970. That's when they started. I've got briefcases, suitcases. I've got, I've got so much weird stuff here. Videos. Jewelry, you got to come in. We're in Hayden, Idaho. Uh, let's see. All right, we're going to get into the economy. Just got one thing in the economy that I'm talk- going to talk about here. It's have you ever heard of the company called Alphabet? This is a company most people have never heard of. Oh, you've heard of Google, you've heard of YouTube, you've heard of Yahoo, you've heard of all kinds of other companies on the internet, but they aren't standalone companies. They're owned by a company called Alphabet. Alphabet has a value of over a trillion dollars right now. Its stocks are, if you want to buy a stock of Alphabet, you're looking at about $1,500. And people just don't hear about it because they don't want you to hear about it. This company owns so much out there, it'll freak you out. It literally owns so many different companies. I'm not going to go through it. I, I can. And here's the thing about this. Okay, so they, they own X, company XYZ, but then XYZ owns 27 companies each, and those companies own companies each. So this is like the, the old shell game. What, what shell is the P under as it swings it around on the table there? So uh, Alphabet is a major, major player 
in the internet, not just in the internet now, but in artificial intelligence and plain intelligence for the deep state. Well, let's see. Oh, I didn't tell you how to listen to me, but obviously you know how to listen to me because you're listening to me. But if you go to armchairsurvivalist.com, and I'll just uh, give you an idea, I have 25 different ways you can listen to me or more. I have different, let's see, I'm on podcast venues, uh, Stitcher, Anchor, TuneIn, I'm on the Internet Archive, Wayback Machine, Podbean, iHeartRadio, YouTube, I'm on Global Star 3 Satellite, let's see, that would be Galaxy 19, Transponder 5KU Band, Frequency 11836, and I have a link there. If you go any page on armchairsurvivalist.com, you just scroll down and you will see the the uh, little satellite dish that's kind of going back and forth and back and forth. If you want to listen to the live feed from Global Star Satellite, you just click on one of those links. It says 24-7 live feed, and this is for Global Star Satellite. You can listen in the chat room. You just click on the link there. It says listen in my chat room, and you can hear me when I'm on, uh, and I broadcast at 2 to 4 p.m., Pacific time. So you extrapolate that to whatever time zone you're in. You can listen on the phone. That's area code 641-741-0371. Now, it's not toll-free, and sometimes you might have to dial it two or three times. But it's area code 641-741-0371. Now, also, if you miss the show, I have a link there that says, listen 24 hours a day to the recent show of the Armchair Survivalist. Click here. You do so, and you can listen to the show. On the left-hand side of any of the pages at armchairsurvivalist.com, you'll see the little white uh, RCA Victor dog listening to the gramophone there. You click on that, and that takes you to my archive page, and that will have my shows from each of the dates. Now, just a word of warning, you guys. If you want to download my shows then get to it. See, if you go to that page, let's see, the past shows, uh, you'll see all the different dates going back to when I started in, uh, let's say, when I came back from from a one-year hiatus, May 27th in 2018. And then it starts at 721.19 and goes all the way up. Well, actually, that's when I left on hiatus. 527.18, I came back 721.19. And you can see all the different shows there. Click on them and save them. Do it before the end of February, because at the end of February, I delete all of that year's shows of the past year. So the end of February, I'm going to be deleting from there all of the 2019 shows. So get them while you can, if you if you care about it. I don't, I don't know. Now, also on uh, each of my pages, you, on the left-hand side, you'll see four links. Home, chat room, show notes, and survival enterprises. Show notes, if you clicked on show notes, let's say I did the show on uh, The Way to Happiness on January 5th, and you wanted to read about the whatever I talked about. I keep source notes of everything I talk about. If I uh, talk about uh, undersea explore, exploration in the Bahamas, well, I'll have a link to that on my show notes page. So you look for the date, like October 6th, October 13th, November 10th, September 8th, January 5th, and then I'll have January 12th up in the next few days, and then you can see all the show notes there, 
Okay, I just wanted to get all of that data out of the way. So it's out of the way. Now you got the economy. Now we're going to go to food and health. And here's here's a thing that is not a lightweight. And I talked about this before. And this is the this is the year of the lowest solar activity in over 200 years. Now understand what I say. In over 200 years. So when the solar activity is low, sunspots are negligible. There's almost none there. And what that means is the earth isn't getting a lot of heat. So we're going to be, we are in a mini ice age right now. We have all over the world you find places that are having snow for the first time in history. You're having uh, finding places that have the cold is worse than it's ever been in their history. Now we're not I'm not talking like negative 800 or any of that. I'm saying like like um like Cordelaine, Idaho right now. We've already reached the record uh, uh, snowfall for the year. Many places are getting more snow than they ever have before. This has been happening now for the past 20 years and it's progressively going to get worse. This year we're going to start noticing how bad it, this solar activity is and is affecting the world. You have the psychotics out there, the communists screaming about global warming, climate change, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? I'm sorry, it ain't warming. And climate change has nothing to do with any indigenous life form on Earth. It has to do with the sun. And that's what's happening. I will have a link to this, and it'll on the page, it'll, it'll be, uh, you'll see it. If you want to, you can really go into it. About 10 days ago, Beijing, China, alerted the world that they had discovered a new virus. Uh, and very few people, they claimed, uh, had the virus. Uh, it came from animals. They wouldn't say which animals. And that it was, uh, uh, wasn't communicable between humans. Yeah, and that's, um, that's something that I've been paying attention to very close. Now, I didn't mention this when this first popped up. Because who knows, you know, this could be just some kind of make-believe stuff, except the World Health Organization uh, claimed this is a coronavirus, and it's very dangerous, and it very well could spread. Now, the Chinese kept saying it only comes from animals. You can't spread it human to human. Somebody popped up in Japan that has this coronavirus. In fact, it's now showed up in uh, Taiwan and various other parts of Asia. The, the uh, Centers for Disease Control, as a matter of fact, has requested that the United States government start scanning people at, air, at airports to see if they're sick. Because this virus, now they're, they're trying to keep this as low-key as possible and keep us in the dark. They don't want us to know exactly what's going on. Uh, but they're scanning at airports now looking for people who have this, this uh, virus. They're claiming that it's just a coronavirus, a cold except there's been over 54 people that have died from it so far. And not in the United States, but we're talking in Asian, Asian countries. Let me, give you, let me give you some background on this kind of thing. 1957. 1957. There was an Asian disease that popped up in Asia. And then it slowly started to make its way to the United States. And in 1957, there was a widespread pandemic of it. I, I suffered from it. I, I, uh, I was six years old, and I ended up getting it and put into a hospital. Uh, they were afraid I was going to die. And this flu, this Asian flu, was 
killing people, uh, almost 70,000 people died from it worldwide. I, I lost uh, the majority of my hearing in my right ear because of that. Well, let me give you some, some information here. In 1984, via Freedom of Information Act, it was discovered that the U.S. Navy had been testing their ability to spread a disease via injecting it into their smokestacks at the top of their ships. And these ships, wherever these ships were, is where this disease popped up. This, to me, looks like a biological warfare device that's gone bad. This whole th- every year we get we hear all kinds of stuff about the, how bad the flu is and how you need to get your flu shot and the flu shot will help you and blah 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 blah. And too many people now are starting to realize that's a flat lie, hundred percent lie. A flu vaccination is based on the virus that was last year, and there's still no proof that it helps. As a matter of fact, there's proof that it doesn't help. I was watching uh, CBS two weeks ago. And one of their resident doctors was on there. Now, they were talking, they were pushing vaccine and how bad the, the flu is and and how there, there's been like 60 people in the United States die from it and 3,600 worldwide have died from it or 6,600. And this doctor was saying, yeah, well, my daughter ended up getting the flu and it was so bad that uh, she was seven years old and it was so bad that uh, she became paralyzed from the waist down for two or three days. And then she added this one little sentence. And strangely enough, she'd already been vaccinated. She'd already been vaccinated. A boy, 11 years old in New York City, died also from the flu. This is complications from the flu. Nobody dies from the flu. It's complications from the flu. So he died from complications of the flu, and he'd already been vaccinated. So do not, under any circumstance, become vaccinated. Because what they're finding is that, uh, and it's almost 90 to 95% of the people in the United States who come down with the flu, any flu, any year has have already been vaccinated and they come out with these well it wasn't soon enough uh you didn't get a strong enough vaccination you should have gone back for a touch-up or you know some other crap like that don't waste your time don't waste your money and don't waste your life on the so-called flu vaccination my mother-in-law went and got the flu vaccination and then she got the flu so bad she almost died and the doctor said, well, you know, maybe we gave it to you too late. You should have come in earlier. So come in earlier next year. Now we're going into the category of Islam. So after Iran was videoed sending two missiles and blowing a Ukrainian uh, civilian flight out of the air, Iran has come out and first they said, uh, yes, we agree. First they said, no, we never happened. Then they said, yes, we agree, we did it. And then they said, uh, the U.S. hacked our radar system to make that plane look like a incoming missile. Even though it was leaving, they hacked it. America hacked our radar to make it look like it was incoming. And then uh, they went right out, Iran did, went right out and found the person who had taken the video of the two missiles hitting the Ukrainian plane and arrested him for treason. Let's see. Now, we're, gonna, we're under Islam, okay? So, Minnesota, I was alerted to this not because of anything in the news, But because I'm a member of the Communist Party in the United States, obviously not under my name, and I do that. I'm also a member of the Daily Kos, which is a communist website that uh, the the Democrats get their speaking points from. This is is where they go to get this. Uh, This is the main website where, where all of the communists in the United States... Now, when I say communists, I mean 
Democrats, socialists, and communists, because they are all exactly the same. This is where they go. So the website uh, where you go to would be dailycostkos.com, and then you'll find all kinds of things there. And if you're a, a sane human and you go there, you're going to be disgusted by what you see and what you read, because it's so blatant propaganda that you you think you're back in the Soviet Union. But anyway, there was a, there's a county, Beltrami County in Minnesota, and they uh, there was a meeting with the city council there, or the county commissioners, and they all decided they've had enough of uh, Muslims, invaders. They no longer want any more quote-unquote refugees. Now, I'm reading this from a communist viewpoint, and what it says is Minnesota County that said nope to refugees, refugees, all right, now finds itself on the receiving end of nope. The term refugees is used by communists worldwide to hide the actual word, which is Muslim invaders. So in other words, the Americans in this county came together and said, no, we don't want any more of you, of you uh, Muslims in here in any way, shape, or form. So what Daily Cost is doing is trying to get people to say, well, we'll never go to that county again. That's a campaign put together. We're never going to rent anything there. We're never going to buy anything from there. We're never going to hunt there. We're never going to fish there. And I say, thank God, you're never going to go there. Swedish politician. We're going to Sweden now. Swedish politician. After the latest bombing, the latest bombing has said that the government has lost control of the country. Now, what does that mean? It means that Sweden is gone, and we know that. Sweden no longer exists as a, a sane country, or I, for a country it's, that's socialist in any way, that's, just, that's a, a really big stretch. But after 230 bombs, bombings, in last year alone, in 2019 alone, this guy comes out. He's a Swedish moderate party leader, Ulf Christensen. And he's uh, slamming the ruling socialist Democrats. This is what the Democrats in the United States want to change their names to, to socialist Democrats. They've been allowing in so many uh, Muslims that they no longer have a, a country there to call them Sweden. 230 bombings in 2019 alone. And now this guy comes out and says... They've lost control. All right, now we're going into liberal psychosis. This is the party of racism, intolerance, anger, hate, and fear. Well, it seems that advocating chastity is a uh, <clears throat> is a trigger <laughs> for these people. Two people were canceled over the past few days for recommending people wait until marriage to have sex and a new threat assessment from the Texas Department of Public Safety is proclaiming that people who don't have sex are a domestic terrorism threat. And yes, I actually read that. And this is real. It's from Information Liberation. A woman, and I saw the, I saw the little, she's on TikTok. It's like a mini YouTube. And she comes out and basically says that if you don't want to get an STD, a sexually transmitted disease, don't have sex until marriage. Well, that's uh, uh, that's intolerant and intolerable. So they're canceling her, and this is this is happening all over the place. We have a woman locally who put her uh, put a MAGA hat on and took a picture of herself and put it on her Facebook page, 
and didn't say anything at all. Just, just, just said, well, actually, she said, there's a rally coming up and I'm going. She got fired. Somebody contacted her, her boss and said, you allow someone to work for you who's a known racist. See, according to the communists, you're a racist if you're for Trump. So this is what's going on all over the United States. They're coming at you from the back doors. We're feeling that here because we still can't survive all enterprises. We still can't take credit cards or debit cards. We can take your check over the phone. We can take cash, gold, silver. Oh, news come out. Boy Scouts are filing for bankruptcy. The Boy Scouts are filing for bankruptcy. Now, why? Why would the Boy Scouts be filing for bankruptcy? Well, the Boy Scouts, the Boy Scouts have been hiding the fact, like the Catholic Church, for over a hundred years, that they have perverts in their ranks. I mean, scoutmasters and and that and the like, and these are sexual perverts. Well, that was known, and and when they popped up, they were handled. They were kicked out, or had the crap beat out of them, like what my dad did to one of them when I was a Boy Scout. But here's why. Here's why they're fighting for bankruptcy. And the Boy Scouts, and you're going to listen to this, you're going to go, well, two and two equals four. The Boy Scouts can't figure out why they have to file for bankruptcy. They can't figure out why there are thousands of people suing them for perversion, suing them for child rape, suing them for for sexual misconduct. They can't figure it out. In 1988, they allowed women to start being scoutmasters, and now 33% of scoutmasters are female. Now, I, See, I said female, not women, because they have lesbian scoutmasters also. That's in 88. In 2013, they allowed sexual perverts to, to openly be scoutmasters. In 2015, well, let me back this up. In 2013, they allowed perverts t- to become Boy Scouts. Okay? In 2015, they allowed perverts to become scoutmasters. And then in 2017, they allowed transvestites to become Boy Scouts. And see, there are no longer Boy Scouts. Now, it's Scouting of America because they allow girls in there too. They allow boys. They allow girls. They allow girls that want to pretend they're boys. They allow boys that want to dress up like girls. And then they wonder why the Mormons are pulling 400,000 boys out of the Boy Scouts. This is why, this is why they're going bankrupt. They're no longer a Christian organization. They're no longer an American organization. Well, Boy Scouts started in the UK. But when they came over to the United States, it was 100% American. Every meeting started with a Pledge of Allegiance. Now, do you remember, I talked about this, and I'm going to try and get this straight. I talked about this lesbian who decided she wanted to be a man, so had uh, some bunch of hormones pumped into her and stuff, and her her breast cut off so she could act like a man, who married a, 
a lesbian who was a man or a man who was a lesbian. I don't understand how this all happens. Um, and who who had a woman donate sperm so he could get pregnant and give birth. Never mind all the illogical and insanity of the words I just spewed because I, I don't understand it myself. But the state of Illinois totally understands it because they're allowing this extreme degenerate that calls himself a man that gave birth to be listed on the birth certificate as the father of the baby. Uh, I got a link to it. You, you go there and you figure it out yourself. Do you know what Project Veritas is? Have you heard about that? That's this organization that goes undercover into communist organizations and uh, like CBS and ABC and NBC and Planned Parenthood and the Sanders campaign and it records things and then it puts the recordings together and posts them for people to look and say oh that's the truth speaking of Sanders so they had one they had a woman go into the Sanders campaign and they uh, had her ask a lot of questions and walk around with the people and record things and here's now this is condensed this is going to give you an idea of the thought processes of the people that work not just for Sanders but for all of these communists that are running for the Democrat nomination Meet Kyle Jurek, a field organizer in Iowa for presidential candidate Bernie Sanders. Jurek says cities are going to burn if Trump gets reelected. These are worrisome words from someone who works for a man running to be president of the United States. Now, the evidence shows Kyle Jurek has been in politics since 2018, when, according to these FEC records, Jurek was paid $500 while working for the Democratic Senate Campaign Committee. The FEC records also show he has worked for the Sanders campaign for for over six months. And so far, Jurek has earned nearly $11,000. The only thing that works, the only thing that fascists understand is violence. So the only way that you can confront them is with violence. So if Trump gets reelected, what? Cities burn. Be ready to be in Milwaukee for the DNC commission. Well, what I say. Oh, I plan on being there. What about Des Moines? We're going to make 1978 look like a pink Girl Scout cookout. <laughs> what does that mean? Remember what happened when McGovern got in, in Chicago in 1978? Riots. People getting beaten by the cops. The cops are going to be the ones that are getting beaten in Milwaukee. You're going to call out the National Guard today. I promise you that. Jurek is clearly very radical, but also very confused about his political history. He talks about riots in Chicago in 1978 when George McGovern was running for president. In fact, the riots were in 1968 when Hubert Humphrey was the Democratic nominee. McGovern ran for president in 1972, and there were no riots that year. If Bernie doesn't, if, it, if they didn't take Bernie from us, then we have nothing else left to lose. Whatever it takes, we're willing to go above and beyond what the law says is acceptable. Like, oh, free speech, yeah. Like they try to be like, you know, oh, you're a victim, or you're you're against free speech. No, we're not against free speech. We're against hate speech. And if your free 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 speech is something that like these people shouldn't exist, then I don't give a. F- 
if it's free speech or not, you don't need to, like, free speech has repercussions. Yeah, you, there are consequences to your speech, right? Um, and if your speech is calling for the elimination of people based on race or gender or uh, religious, like, for whatever reason, like, things that people can't change, then you should expect violent reaction. And you deserve a violent reaction. Because, like, that's just not an acceptable thing. It's clear in Jurek's idea of a revolution, Democratic candidates like Tom Steyer and Mike Bloomberg wouldn't be safe, and in his world, networks like MSNBC or even moderate liberals wouldn't be immune. Throw down? I'm ready to throw down now. I don't, don't want to wait and have to wait for <laughs> Yeah, with who, though? Who, who are you going to throw down with? I'll walk into that MSNBC studio, drag those boys up by their hair, and light them on fire in the streets. Guys like that, what are we going to do with them? Gulag. Liberals get them all first. What are we going to do with those people that resist the change? Because that's a big deal. I'll tell you what. In Cuba, what do they do to reactionaries? They shot them on the beach. You want to fight against the revolution? You're going to die for it. <laughs> Um, so that like that was the intention of gulags, right? It's like not only to like elim- to like remove the like people that were like insidious to the state from the state. Like, hey, you guys are all causing problems. You're like working against the revolution. We're just going to remove you and put you in Siberia, where you learn the value of like being a comrade. You know, that's what it has to be. Like our prisons in the United States right now are far worse, far worse than anything that they experienced. Like people get raped, people. Work work 12 hours a day. People have to go fight fires in California for a dollar. You know what I mean? The Soviet Union didn't do that. I, I, I feel as though there needs to be re-education for a significant portion of our society. I think he is too. I mean, but you can't, running for president in the United States, you can't say you can't say anything like that, right? Well, and then, like you said, I mean, if people don't want to get on board, it's you were saying that the gulags are better than whatever. Putting them against the wall. Yeah. And the alternative, instead of like trying to like re re-educate these people and put them back into society, the other the only other alternative is to you know what I mean? Like the whole basis of like communism is like people like people and planet above property, right? Like mm-hmm. we're here to preserve the planet, preserve people. We don't want to have to like eliminate people, right? But if people are gonna try to fight back against the revolution, like when you hear about like so like atrocities committed by like in Cuba, like Fidel and, and Che, like killing people, like those people that were actively like they were like anti-revolution they were like they were fighting against the revolution like in any war like if you like when you guys were in war and you encountered people that were fighting against you what did you do to those people right I mean the same thing same thing holds true in revolution right like you can't abide people like actively working against your revolution like you can you can give them a choice be like hey you can join the revolution you can not be a bootlicker you can sit idly by and allow it to happen, but if you're going to take up arms against the revolution, then you should expect a violent response, right? Fight or die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of where we're at right now. That's, we're, at a, we're at one of those moments in human history where it's like, we're fighting for survival. We're fighting for sur- the survival of the entire human race. We're fighting for, for the survival of living creatures on planet Earth. 
you know, there's some people that will stop at nothing to preserve that, right? Like, right. to see that, to see the human race continue into the future, right? To try to save the planet from destruction. And no matter what country or what laws that exist, they don't, they're irrelevant to, there are things greater than those, than, than those systems, right? Right. Um, there are things that are more important than the rule of law in the United States when it comes down to the existence of the human race. Jarrett goes on to say that even violent groups like Antifa are folded quietly into the Sanders campaign staff. There's some here. A lot of them are probably on the Bernie campaign. Uh, but there are some DS- there's a DSA chapter here, so like some of the DSA folks are probably engaged. We've been looking we've been looking for an action to like participate in, like in regards to like oh we're gonna have that. But uh, well, like in regards to like immigration and ICE, mm-hmm. we've been looking for like looking for something to pop off where we can pop right back off. All right, now we're gonna get into the Trump category. So. I'm not. I'm watching TV. I'm at work here, and I'm watching TV. And I'm, or I, I'm, let me rephrase that. I'm not watching TV. I just have it on. I have uh, Fox News on my computer while I'm doing some work, and I don't have the volume up. And I see this procession of people walking in down this hallway in, in uh, at the Capitol, and I, I don't know what it is, but it looked to me like they were delivering a pizza. So maybe somebody can explain it to me exactly what it was. I don't know. I, I, I didn't pay that enough attention, nor did I give a damn, because they all look like Democrats anyway. Burisma. Remember Burisma? Burisma is the, uh, the energy company corporation that uh, Biden worked for, Joe Biden's son. He got hacked. And everybody's claiming the Russians hacked it, and they got all the information. They, they got all the information. And the uh, the Democrats are going crazy with that, and they want that information right away. And the mainstream media came out and said, there's nothing here. Ignore that man over there behind the curtain. Don't you dare print or talk about anything about Burisma. And you know what? Nothing has popped up at all about Burisma. Remember a guy named George Nader? George Nader was a or he is a Lebanese American businessman. He's 60 years old and he is in the process of being indicted for transporting a 14-year-old boy from the Czech Republic to Washington DC to have sex with him. And he's also been caught possessing child pornography. Well, he was one of the uh, big guys prominently in former special counsel Robert Mueller's Russia investigation. So this guy's going to jail for at least 10 years. And there's other things that he's being charged with. He he uh, covertly gave $3.5 million in donations to Hillary Clinton for her campaign. This guy is slime. He is scum. Everyone knew he was. And Mueller used him to try and go after Trump. You know, if you've been listening to any of this hoax uh, impeachment stuff, you know that how, what the Democrats are saying and uh, how, how uh, disgusting what they're doing really is. Well, you know, they were all of these same Democrats, Nadler, Pelosi, and the other communists, were around when Clinton was impeached. And here's what they had to say when the Republicans were impeaching Clinton. An impeachment of a president is an undoing of a national election. And one of the reasons we all feel so angry about what they are doing 
is that they are ripping from us, they are ripping asunder our votes. They are telling us that our votes don't count and that the election must be set aside. They are driven by hatred. They hate Bill and Hillary Clinton so much they will stop at nothing to bring him down. Today, the Republican majority is not judging the president with fairness, but impeaching him with a vengeance. In the investigation of the president, fundamental principles which Americans hold dear, privacy, fairness, checks and balances, have been seriously violated. And why? As we are here today because the Republicans in the House are paralyzed with hatred of President Clinton, and until the Republicans free themselves of this hatred, our country will suffer. This is their president we are talking about. The President of the United States does not serve at the pleasure of the legislature, does not serve at the pleasure of Joe Biden, does not serve at the pleasure of Henry Hyde, does not serve at the pleasure of the Congress, as a Prime Minister does in a parliamentary system. He is elected directly by the people of the United States of America. And the election of a president is the only nationwide vote the American people will ever cast. And that's a big deal. The American people don't think that they have made a mistake by electing Bill Clinton. And we in Congress had better be very careful before we upset their decision. All right, now we're getting into the government threat. This is something, I'm also, not only not only am I a member of the Daily Cost and MoveOn.org and Communist Party of the United States and the Democratic Socialists of the United States, of America, I'm sorry, I'm also uh, a member of the Department of Homeland Security. So I get briefings from them, and I got something. A lot of them, it just, they're redundant. A lot of them are redundant. They're a waste of time. They're superfluous. Yeah, who cares? Except this one came out. DHS leads smart city tech integration pilot for San, for St. Louis. And this came out uh, January 16th. The Department of Homeland Security conducted its final integration of smart city technologies this week in St. Louis, Missouri, in collaboration with the City of the Open Geospatial Consortium and the T-Rex Innovation Center. Let me put it to you in English. You've heard of the Internet of Things. So you have a front doorbell, and it's ring, right? So you can take your cell phone anywhere in the world and access the, that and see who's there. Well, that ring, the reason it, you can do that is because it's connected to your Wi-Fi router. And you're going into your Wi-Fi router and connecting to that doorbell. Okay, so you have a smart TV. Well, the smart TV is connected to your Wi-Fi router. And you have a refrigerator that can tell you when you need to order something because it has a scanning system within it that's connected to your router and your stove can be turned on and off and temperature set because it's connected to your router and your lights can be turned on and off and your heater can be turned on and off and your ac can be turned on and off and your garage door can be opened and closed and there's many more things okay but they're all connected to your router these are called the internet of things this is what the Department of Homeland Security, law enforcement in the United States, and as a matter of fact, worldwide, has been getting into for the past 10 years. 
And now what they're saying, the Department of Homeland is saying, is that they've accessed them in St. Louis. So at one location, the law enforcement or the deep state or the government or the DHS, I don't care what word you used. I would rather use the word enemy. So the enemy can access your your uh, ring and see who's out there, and it has also a microphone on it, so it can hear everything that's happening around it, including right inside the door of your house. They can also access your smart TV, because a lot of smart TVs now have cameras on them, and and they do have microphones. Or you got your uh, Siri, or your you know your little dot that you say, Siri, turn on uh, Deep Space Nine, please. Or Siri. Start the oven, or Siri, turn the lights down, or, okay, this is integration. So they have the ability, and there's a lot of companies that are vying for contracts from the DHS for this product, so that they can assist them in creating an architecture of invasive uh, monitoring. Unless you're right on top of your, your passwords and your security you will be accessed. And this is the push. This is 1984. This is uh, the big thing. This is, they're still working on it and, and to, to get it really set down perfectly. There's a, uh, there was a smart home device company called Wise. Not was, there still is. And it sells alarm systems that, that are hooked to the uh, your router, right? Which is hooked to the internet. They had a data leak. 2.4 million people that own those things have been hacked. Google came out. Now, I talked about Alphabet. Alphabet owns Google. Google came out and they did a major, massive upgrade to Google.com. Now, a lot of you, unfortunately, have been propagandized so well that you think Google.com is the place to go to search for anything. When you do that, everything that you do is tracked by them and correlated. Let's say you got a YouTube, some little stupid uh, page on YouTube or Facebook. And you go on there and say, yeah, I'm going to go have dinner today at Blankety Blanks. I like that. Uh, Big Red has got a sale on uh, candy this week and my shoe size is 10 and this is my picture. So here's a picture of me and my family. All of that data is being downloaded and copied and cross-referenced and we'll get into that in a second and stored. Now Google has a major update and I haven't gone through the whole thing. I did go, I did go to google.com and look and did one little minor search and like, oh my God, what a waste of time now. This is a waste. You know, you go to a search engine and you search for dog food. You don't want to read a dissertation, a dissertation about how well dog food is in the search. You want to see, buy my dog food, link one. Here's another link, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You want to just look at all the links. You don't want to listen or read all this crap. Google's different now. Google has changed and I can tell you guys, you know what? Never mind Google. Startpage.com or DuckDuckGo. If you're going to do a search on Google, 
do the last search you do and do a search for anonymous search engines and start using them. Now, when you go online and you start going and you go to these places, this is the problem with most of you, is that you have you have uh, different websites. You have Facebook, you have Twitter, you have you have YouTube, you have uh, I, I don't know. You got oh, there's there's eight thousand different places you can go to and put your information on. Here's what'll freak a lot of people out. You go home, you look on your computer on your computer, and you want to buy. Uh, a bow, a bow tie. So you go on eBay and you search for bow ties. You find a bow tie and you buy it. And it was $10. And then you get a phone call from a friend of yours. And you answer it. And while you're talking to him, a little ad comes up and says, looking for wholesale bow ties? And you go to your Facebook page. And all the ads on the side are showing you various bow ties. They all tie together. And the data, your personal data, is sold to advertisers online. Now, there's some ways that you can handle this. And I got six ways here. Block third-party cookies in your browser. Now, I'll have a link to where you can go to this link and it'll tell you exactly how to do it. You block third-party cookies. These are cookies. You know what a cookie is? Cookie is a little tiny file that's put on your computer. Like if you go to our website and you're going to buy something. Well, when you when you fill out the form, and if you want to continue doing shopping, if you don't have a cookie on there, the computer your computer won't remember where you are. So these little tiny cookies do nothing, but they just sit on your computer to, to remind your computer where it was. But you want to block the third-party ones. And this link will tell you exactly how to do that. Do not use Google. Find some search engine that's private or incognito. Okay? This is a matter of setting your your uh, settings in Internet, Internet Explorer, Firefox, Chrome, or whatever you're using. You have to participate in this. Life is a participation sport now more so than ever. And remove your info from data broker sites. Now, I have them. And I have also a link to how you can remove them. It's automatic. You click on it. It's called Opt Out. And you click on this link. Uh, opt Out of Interest-Based Advertising. Now, it's this is based on your browser. Each browser hidden within it has a, a, a security number or a serial number that is that is a combination of information so that the advertisers know it's that computer, that exact computer. So you can't, like I'm on a laptop, you can't opt out of the laptop and then go to your, your desktop and be opted out. You have to do it on each one of your computers, including your phone, and you can opt out. I have... Two links to the main places, NAI and Web Choices. These are ads that you can link, at, you can opt out of. And we're talking, there's three to 400 advertisers. And by law, they have to follow your suggestion. If you say, I wish to opt out, they don't have an option. They got to do it. So I'll have those links available for you guys. Uh, it's not just the advertisers that want your information. The FBI now wants 
complete access to all your credit card uh, data and access. Now, now they have to have a warrant to access the activity on your credit card. But they want this complete data. They want complete access. They want to know exactly what's happening and when it's happening. That's, that's bad, but what's worse is that there is a company that you, you've never heard of. And uh, its job is to end privacy 100%. See, when, and I, I'm just, I know I'm beating a dead horse here. But you go on your Facebook page or anybody's Facebook page and you post a picture of yourself. Well, this company is called Clearview AI. And it's a facial recognition app. And what it does is it, it takes a, per, a picture of a person and then it'll find every single public photo of that person anywhere on the internet. And it'll have the links to where these photos were found. If you have a photo of you anywhere on the internet, then they can find every single time that photo showed up or one like it. Let's say my mom put a picture of me on her Facebook page. And then there's a picture of me at the Red Lobster in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And then there's another picture of me on the front of a newspaper. And then there's another picture of me in a magazine. And then there's another picture of me in this. And Okay, this place can tie all of those together and times and what I was doing. And this is... This is going to be, this is the end of end, end of any security. This is, I mean, this is totally gone. Privacy. Because federal and state law enforcement wants this 100% active as soon as possible. Now, here's something that I found kind of interesting because I, I used to know somebody who was one of the uh, founding members of Norinco. Norinco is a weapons manufacturer in China. It's a communist organization, obviously. And I got... Now, I do not have the verification. Normally, when I talk about something like this, I will have a uh, Department of Justice verification or the Department of Defense verification. I don't, even though this article has not been refuted in any way, shape, or form. FEMA buys assault rifles from China. What they're buying are the uh, AR-15 M4s. These are the short ones, select fire. And Norinco makes these, and they've been making these. These are copies called the CQA. This is a copy of uh, a Colt AR-15. And they've been making them in China for many years. And FEMA just decided to buy them. They wanted 5,000 of them. Which is not really that important because FEMA already has hundreds and thousands of weapons under Mount Weather. This is hidden in, in, in uh, a location where FEMA is known to store uh, weaponry. They have billions of, of rounds of ammunition that they've been buying. And I talked about this years ago. So out of the blue, FEMA decides to buy assault weapons from, from China. I wonder why. All right, well, now we're going to get into something uh, for the show. It's, And I'm not sure exactly how to title this, so we'll just call it Are We Too Dumb to Survive? Uh, the, the thing that gets me, and it really is perplexing because... I've been around for a while, and when I was young, I was taught common sense. I was taught how to access my mind and use it. I was taught critical thinking. I was taught that 2 plus 2 equals 4. So we had a windstorm a few years ago. 
I mean, it was bad. It knocked down poles and wires and lines and flipped over trucks and the whole nine yards. We're talking, I'm in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and we're talking uh, 50 to 75 mile an hour winds. It's like unheard of. And a couple days later, I'm in Harbor Freight. And I'm looking for some uh, wire connectors and some tools. And, you know, Harbor Freight is a, is a candy store for men. Actually, not just men, it's for women who, who are mechanically inclined as well. And I saw this man and a woman looking at solar panels there. And they were talking how many they're going to need. But, and, you know, I, I walked up and said, well, let, let me help you. What, what, are you, what are you trying to uh, achieve? And he goes, well, all, all we want to do is run our electric stove, our refrigerator, our freezers, our electric dryer. That's all we want to do. So why are you looking at solar panels? He goes, well, that, that's that, that, we're just trying to figure out how many solar panels we need. I said, well, solar panels aren't going to run any of that. What? No, they're, they're not going to run any of that. The, the solar panels are not made to run that. They're made to run on a DC system unless you have a conversion. And then I, it's, it's way more than you guys are going to understand in, in five minutes of me talking to you. And they were confused because all of their friends told them that all you need to do is get a couple solar panels and you'll be fine. So I left the uh, clerk there to explain it to him. And I went over to Home Depot. I needed a spark plug for my generator. And, and, and there were these people in there looking for generators. And I said, well, what, you, they don't have any generators in stock. They're all gone. Uh, they only bring them in once a year, and, and they're gone now. And they say, well, we need generators. Our power's out. I said, well, how long you lived up here? Uh, two years, a year, six months. And I, I explained to him, you, you have to think ahead uh, so that you don't get caught in something like this. You can't close the barn door after the horse gets out. You have to think ahead. And the problem that we have in this society now is that people aren't taught to think ahead. At all. They're not taught to think ahead. I'm not going to go into that. There's more to it than that. But uh, let's say, let's see, there was a uh, there was a test that occurred. This test was, is this in 2018? It was over 80 countries. There were over 32 million 15-year-olds participating. These were 15-year-olds. So what we discovered in that test was that 15-year-old students in China are four grades ahead of any 15-year-old in the United States. And the worst student, the worst student in China was the same as our best students in the United States. We learned a lot of stuff during that test, and I can tell you, I'm going to read some of them to you. 74% of Americans don't even know how many amendments are in the Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights, all right? Uh, let's see, 37% of Americans can't name a single right protected by the First Amendment. Only 26% of Americans can name all three branches of government. During the 2016 election, more than 40% of Americans didn't know who was running for vice president of either party. Uh, 30 years ago, the United States awarded more high school diplomas than anyone else in the world. Today, 
were the 36th place. According to the Pentagon, and I saw the data on this, and it was just astoundingly disgusting, 71% of our young adults are ineligible to serve in the U.S. Armed Forces because they're either too dumb, too fat, or have a criminal background. For the first time ever, Americans are more likely to die from an opioid overdose than they are in a car accident. A third of all American teenagers haven't read a single book in the past year. 45% of U.S. teenagers are online almost constantly. And it's not just teenagers. Now, this, I'm going to tell you right now, but this is not just teenagers. When you see somebody walking with their cell phone in their hand, that's because they're on either Facebook or Twitter or some other crap waiting to see if they have to answer something. Uh, <laughs> in half of the U.S. states, the highest paid public employee is a football coach. During one seven-day period last summer, a total of 16,000 official complaints about human feces were submitted to the city of San Francisco. Every 24 hours, more than a third of all Americans eat fast food. Less than half of all Americans know which country used atomic bombs at the end of World War II. Today, the average college freshman in the U.S. reads at a 7th grade level. My taxes went up about 10 years ago, uh, over, over $100 a year for a, a um, special school that had to be created here in the state of Idaho. We have common core here. In fact, all, all schools in the United States do. And don't think just because you're go, your kid's going to a, a charter school or a private school that they don't use common core, they do. If it's in the United States, it's been forced on us, covertly or overtly. We, had, we, all, we only elect rhinos as governors here in Idaho for some reason. That, that's a Republican name only. And the last one we had brought Common Core to Idaho. In other words, the students that are graduating in the state of Idaho from high school can neither read nor write nor do arithmetic. So they have what's called a bridge academy. Because all of these kids are going to want to go to college, don't you know? And live on the government's dole. So they have to have an academy after high school so that they can learn how to read, how to write, and how to do arithmetic. And it's not the teacher's fault, of course. Teachers being all communists in the, in the uh, United States. They're all members of the National Educational uh, Association. So uh, they're just because they fail in everything they do, They've discovered the reason that teachers fail is that they're not getting enough money, either in salary or to help the poor students. So how? let me read some words to you, just so you understand these words. Now, there's, there's three words here that I want to define. One is dumb, one is idiot, and one is stupid. Dumb is a person who lacks basic knowledge or education on any particular subject. Like, I am dumb about uh, on, on um, crocheting. Well, I'm not, but you get the idea. That's just dumb. That's just, you know, somebody that lacks basic knowledge. Idiot 
is a person who lacks basic intelligence or common sense rather than education. So an idiot is somebody who lacks basic intelligence or common sense. Stupid is lacking intelligence, common sense, or ability to critically think and evaluate. So so what we're going to talk about is stupid things people do. Yeah, we, we know the United States has been dumbed down. But here's some things that people do that are, make them very, very stupid and that affect everyone around you. And you're going to be able to add to this list, I can tell you right now. Let's see. So uh, stupid is, now we're going to do vehicles. Stupid is pulling right out in front of the only car on the freeway when it's icy out. We see that every day in the Northwest. Cars slid off like crazy because some moron just pulled out thinking it's dry asphalt. And the guy hit his brakes and slid sideways. Another stupid thing is, I mean, you see this all the time. If you drive, somebody cuts in front of you. I don't mean pulls in front of you and pisses you off. but I mean cuts in front of you and almost hits you. Makes you have to hit your brakes. Now, this is one of my pet peeves. In fact, this isn't just a pet peeve. This is, you can die if you do this. Driving in the fog, the rain, the snow, or at night with no lights on. What level of stupid does somebody have to exist in to do that? Pouring down rain here. There are people that drive with no lights on. A snowstorm, they'll drive with no lights on. Speaking of snow, driving on snow or ice with no traction tires, which is fine, you can do that. If you want to drive on with bald tires, that's fine. But they drive it, if it's a 45 mile an hour speed limit, they'll drive 45 miles an hour. And then they wonder why they slide all the time, especially when they come to a stop. It's not my fault. The road's damn slippery. No, you're an idiot. Or you're being stupid. And, and something I learned a long time ago, never drive a stick shift while on a cell phone. <laughs> I was being stupid. Texting whilst driving is not just stupid, it's uh, lethal. There are thousands of people in the United States that have either died or been maimed because either they or the person that hit them was on a cell phone. Or, better yet, watching a movie or video while driving. We're coming back from Spokane uh, last year, and there's this Escalade in front of us in the fast lane. Doing the speed seventy miles an hour. This guy's doing about fifty to sixty, and then slowing down, speeding up, slowing down, speeding up. So I flash him, tell him to get out of the way, and he moves over. As we go by, the driver is looking, leaning all the way to the right, looking at a cell phone this female's holding while they watch a video. Not using a turn signal. I pulled a guy over. <laughs> A few years ago, I'm going down the road, and this person just stops in the middle of the street and then turns left. I mean stops. Didn't slow down. So I followed him into the parking lot. It was a store. And I I parked and got out and walked up, and it was about an 80-year-old woman. And I said, ma'am, do you have that stick on the left-hand side of your steering column? She goes, stick? Yes, it's this little stick that sticks out of the steering column. She goes, oh, this. Do you know what that's called? Well, that's a turn signal. Do you know how to use it? 
And she just looks at me. I said, "Do you know how to use it?" Well, yes. You push it down to let to to go left, and you push it, you pull, lift it to go right. I said, uh, "No, you push it down to let people behind you know you are going left, and push it up to let people behind you know that you're going right." She goes, "I understand." I said, "Do you know how to use it? Do you know when to use it?" You know, I just grilled her, and she finally got the idea. I could have just yelled at her, but I didn't. Well, let's see. And and then you got the people that use the turn signal as they turn. As they turn. So I'm driving down Government Way. There's a, the traffic is there's three cars stopped. And I and there's no light, you know, it's it's there's no light there. Just traffic stopped. So I look out and there's a truck sitting there in the middle. As he turns left, he turns his left turn signal on. You'll see this all the time. As they turn, not before they turn. You understand, you're supposed to turn your turn signal on at least 100 feet before you, you actually go into a turn. That's to let people know what you're going to do. And then we have something here that, that literally kills people. This is people merging on the freeway and never looking. The trucks up here, the, the 18-wheelers, they don't even slow down for these morons. They will run them off the road. We see it. Every time I go on a highway, a group of cars or even just one car decides to merge onto the freeway, they don't even look. They just merge. They just come up. They don't merge. And they will stop on a freeway because they're about to get killed. And then they'll get pissed at everybody around them. Why didn't you give me the right of way? Why didn't you let me in? Or what about, let's say, let's say I'm driving south on 95 and the road's like a ribbon. Side to side to side to side, up, down. You can't see more than 100 feet and there's a little hill there you can't see you don't know what's going on you're going to have these idiots that pass you at that exact point they don't really care if somebody's coming at 50 60 70 miles an hour it'll never happen to them oh here's another one that's famous up here there are people up here that are really dumb and they'll be driving on a dark freeway north of here doing 60 70 miles an hour in a deer crossing zone with no lights on. This my son has seen numerous times. The deer the deer up here you don't have to worry too much about. They'll just bounce off. They'll tear up the front of your car a little bit and bounce off, but it's the moose and elk that just flat stop you in the tracks. And then there's another game, and most of the most of people who play this game are from California. It's the not bad enough yet. Okay, it's not bad enough yet to put new tires on my car. It's not bad enough yet to put it in four-wheel drive. And you see that. You see a four-wheel drive truck that's loaded down, and it's in the middle of a snow, and light turns green, and he steps on the gas to go and slides sideways into the intersection. Why? Because it's not bad enough yet to put it in four-wheel drive. Or these little tiny Toyotas that are three inches from the ground that have these these uh, wide, flat tires. They're like the top of my head. Slick. Not bad enough yet to get any good tires on there. By the way, do you all know what headlights are for other than so you can see when it's dark? You know what headlight signals are? This is something that is no longer taught in, in driver's training. If you're in the fast lane, or for that matter, if you're in a slow lane, and somebody comes up behind you and flashes their, their lights, high, low, high, low, high, low. That means move. 
It's that simple. That means move. It's not up to you to evaluate why. It's just move. Now, when it's inclement, when it's raining, when it's snowing, when it's it's icy, when it's dangerous out, and when it's dark, turn your headlights on. Every day up here during inclement weather, we find these people driving with no headlights on, not even running like nothing. I pulled out in front of a vehicle. I couldn't see it. I didn't even know the vehicle was there. It was white. It was snowing like crazy. There's three inches of snow on the road. And I pull out in front of it, and the guy gets pissed at me. I don't blame him. But he was an idiot. Turn your headlights on. They even have to have public service announcements up here because people are so stupid that they will drive around without their headlights on. I can't believe they have to have an ad to tell people to use common sense. Now, also, if somebody flashes you, turns their high beams on and down, it also indicates, watch out, something's wrong, be careful, or you did something stupid. Headlights are used for signaling. To let people know, get out of the way. If I... If you're driving and you see somebody coming towards you and they turn their headlights off and then back on again, off and then back on again, that's a clue that your headlights are off. That's what that means. They're not saying F you. I mean, I get people that, and they're mostly millennials, they get all upset because, why'd you flash me? Who the hell are you to flash me? I said, your your lights are off. It's pouring down rain and it's nine o'clock at night. Well, you know, you have these reflections on the road. And a lot of times in a city, you can't tell if your headlight's on or not. Then again, you have these inconsiderate buffoons that have these 12 million candle power white LED lights that uh, blind you. Yeah. Other things with a vehicle. These are stupid things people do. Leaving a vehicle running unattended. You know, they had to make a law in Idaho because of that. All the time, these corner stores, somebody pulls up, gets out of their car, leaves it running, goes inside, does their shopping, comes back out, gets in the car, and takes off. Now, in the state of Idaho, if someone takes your car, notice I said take, not steal, if someone takes your car while you're, you've left it running and you're in the store, it's not a theft because you were stupid enough to leave it running. And as a matter of fact, the insurance companies up here will not pay for a car that's taken that way because you were an idiot. And the other thing, don't leave your vehicles running. Literally what's happening, you know, every morning I get up and I, I start my vehicle, let it warm up a little bit. But I'm in a protected area. In the city, people are stealing cars now. It's oh, over 100 a week are stolen out of Spokane. They start in the driveway, parked in the driveway. They'll start the car to warm it up, go in the house, finish getting ready, come out, the car's gone. There are criminals just, just browsing the neighborhoods looking for that kind of stuff. Now, you you also shouldn't leave a vehicle running 
it with a child or an animal in it. What's happening now are dogs are becoming smarter than humans. We actually had a had a dog drive a car into a uh, into a police station here. I don't mean down the street. I mean the guy got out, went in, left the car. He was a sheriff's deputy. Left the car running. The dog jumped in the front seat and put his arms up on the steering wheel and slid over and pushed it into drive. And the car just idled into the front of the police station. And it's just pure logic. Never leave a running car with a child in it. It's actually a felony in the state of Idaho. See, they make these laws when people become so stupid that they can't figure these things out on their own. Now, here's something that I've had to get on my wife about. And you'll find most people uh, abuse this thing. You hear some noises. Now, you, you if you drive enough, you know the sounds of your vehicle. So you start hearing some strange noises in your vehicle. Pay attention to them right now. Because that strange noise is the vehicle's way of telling you something's going to go bad here. I remember driving a milk truck coming down from Portland, Oregon. And I'm outside of Medford and I'm hearing this. I'm going, what? the hell is that? It's like I was dragging a cat. So I slowed down to about 20 miles an hour so I could hear it better, and all of a sudden the front right wheel locked up. It was a wheel bearing going out. So you start hearing sounds, and I remember hearing some sounds like that when I was up in Portland. So that was hundreds of miles north of there. I should have paid attention, and I didn't. Now, this doesn't happen too often, but you always have the moron who decides to smoke a cigarette while he's fueling his vehicle. You have the right to tell him not to do that. Well, let's see. Another stupid thing is working under a jacked-up vehicle without supports or on a slant without wheel blocks. Yeah, there's people killed every year because they're working under a jacked-up vehicle the jack, for one reason or another, gives way and <laughs> that you get pancaked. Or jacking up a vehicle with a scissor jack unsafely. I'm glad they, they no longer sell scissor jacks or supply them with vehicles. I had a 58 Ford station wagon. I wanted to change the rear tires on it. So I put the scissor jack under the rear end and jacked it up. Well, I lived. Uh, let's see. Oh, and here's something that that was all over the newspapers up here. Uh, you never stop to pet the wild two-ton animal. The buffalo. You never stop to pet things. You never stop to go, oh, look at that elk. I think I'll go stroke its horn. Uh, Not planning ahead for any trip, even if short. Now, that's this is a big thing, especially when you're in an area that has snow or bad temperatures, cold temperatures, hot temperatures, what have you. Oh, I'm only going 20 miles to the next town, or I'm going to go visit Grandma uh, 10 miles away. You need to have some emergency equipment in your vehicle at all times. We covered that under various shows, and I'm sure I'll do it again this year. But you need to have basics because um, stuff happens. And especially up here, 
and especially if you make the mistake of using your GPS to find where the hell you're going. GPS are so screwed up now that you you can't. People drive into reservoirs. People drive into the lake. Somebody drove into the Hayden Lake here because they were using their GPS. So plan ahead. Now we're going to go into health. And this is, again, we're under stupid things people do. One of the stupidest things you can do is believe anything a doctor or a dentist tells you on faith alone and not researching it for yourself. We had a woman come in the store here, and she says, I have uh, high blood pressure, and, and uh, do you have anything I can take for the high blood pressure? And I told her, I said, what we do here is, we, you know, you, you think you're coming here to buy something. You're not. You're coming in here for help. So what's causing your blood pressure? Oh, I don't know. Are you on any meds? And then we start, we get into a little bit more. What I'm doing is a diagnostic. And it turns out that she had uh, a digestive problem, so they put her on this, this medicine that's supposed to help her digestion. And I asked her, did you ever look up that medicine on the internet? Did you ever look it up to see the side effects? And he goes, no. And I showed her the side effects, and one of them is high blood pressure. So she had gone back to the doctor and said, you know, uh, yeah, my stomach's doing just fine. The doctor took her blood pressure and goes, you have high blood pressure. We're going to have to put you on something for that. And she, that's when she said, no, let, me see, let me see what I can do without having to take a drug. The doctor never once said, what drugs are you taking? Because one of them might be causing that. But I did. And that's the thing. Don't believe anything a doctor or dentist tells you on faith alone and not researching it yourself. Another stupid thing you can do is vaccinate your baby. That is utterly stupid. There's been no proof in any way, shape, or form that vaccinations will will stop uh, a disease. You get... I can do a whole show on it. In fact, I have the data to prove it. But my sister, I warned her. she She was pregnant. I said, whatever you do, do not give your baby vaccinations. They have they have these these multi shots. There's like twelve different things, and they just stick it all in one tube and shove it in the kid's arm. So baby's born. A week later, she calls me and she's screaming and crying. And I said, "What's wrong?" She goes, "Jason is he's comatose. He won't move." I said, "Did you get him vaccinated?" Well, they told me to. Well, I put her, I put her in, in uh, touch with some friends of mine at uh, vac- Vaccination Liberation, and they were able to detox the baby before it died. But now the kid has has a, a little lower IQ than it should. And, and those of you out there, don't get any vaccinations. Just do your research without me even having to beat a dead horse again. And this, and this is the thing that gets us here at Survival Enterprises, our store. People come in and they, they have numerous complaints. Like the 400-pound woman came, came, comes in that says, uh, my ankles hurt. <clears throat> uh, or the, uh, the guy that uh, does carpentry all, all week. I mean, that's what he does. And he's, do, he's done it for 20 years and he swings a, a, a pound and a half framing hammer. And he's complaining because his elbows hurt. So, it, and then this boy and girl come in, man and woman, whatever, and they say, "Yeah, we we need some multivitamins because we uh, we have a winery up north and we we drink a lot of wine all day long." So they're telling me these things that they've chosen to do, and there's repercussions for all of it. If you if you choose to become 
morbidly obese don't complain because your ankles can't handle the weight. Your body has a frame. Maybe you got a half-ton frame, but you're trying to carry three-quarters of a ton on it. There's going to be repercussions. Realize that. It's not, you know, I'm not saying it's bad or good. I'm just saying that understand for every cause, there's an effect. So when you start doing things that can cause things, understand that's why it's happening. We had one guy, and this is a sad fact, and this you see this all over the world. He was a Marine. He was in Iraq. He did three tours. Uh, he had PTSD so bad they had him on 12 meds. And it, it was screwing everything up. He couldn't digest food. Uh, he had to have a drug so he could uh, eliminate. He couldn't, uh, he couldn't drink alcohol. One sip would put him in a coma for a day. There, there were all these things that were happening to him. And he came in and said, look, is there anything here I can take that's going to help me? And I told him, no. There is nothing that anyone in the world can sell you that's going to help you until you get off all of those drugs. Well, he ended up getting some of our uh, stronger CBD oil. And we talked for days before he did this. And then uh, he got some of the strong CBD oil. And then I didn't see him for a month. And when and he came back, he goes, I, I went cold turkey off all the drugs. And I went heavy duty on your CBD oil. And I feel perfect. I feel great. But that's that's good. That was somebody who used some common sense. But you you, you know... When you have a problem, try and find the why. If you can't digest your food, then there's something causing that. If you have heartburn, we had, and this was a funny thing. This guy owns a he owns a restaurant, and he has heartburn all the time. And I said, "Well, what do you eat?" He goes, "The food in my restaurant." I go, "What? What do you? What kind of restaurant?" He goes, "I got Mexican food. I use a lot of hot sauce too." <laughs> I thought that was funny. Maybe it was a joke from him. I don't know. But uh, you get an idea on that. So we're under health. Now we're going to slide sort of into food and drink. Uh, just a word of warning to you, you people out there. Never go into a bar where most of the people in there are missing teeth. Just a word of warning, okay, I, from when I was younger. Don't eat undercooked food. We're in a bad situation in, in the world right now. Mostly in the United States, because uh, the 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 uh, the communists, Democrats, socialists, whatever, are in control of almost everything. They allow the invaders in. The Muslims, well, and you can figure this out yourself. You can find this out yourself. Muslims don't use toilet paper; they use their left hand. And uh, okay, and then they wash it, right? Theoretically, and then they process food for us. Uh, they, uh, they they work in slaughterhouses. Uh, they work in fields. And they uh, then we wonder why we get salmonella and listeria and other uh, diseases that are passed through the elimination system of humans. Never eat undercooked food. Okay? Uh, make sure your food is cooked properly. You have to be able to kill all of the bacteria that is existing in that food. It needs 160 degrees for five minutes. That will kill anything. The, and I've talked about this again. 
our food system is is being poisoned and contaminated on a daily basis. You have the Mexicans here uh, and the South Americans working in the food industries that don't understand hygiene. Not all of them, and this is a generality, okay? But too many of them, I would say 75% of them, don't grasp the concept of hygiene as a American does. And I can tell you this, it ain't all Americans that grasp the concept of hygiene either. 75% of all diseases are passed because people don't wash their hands. So if you go into a restaurant or someplace and you order food, make sure it's cooked properly. Make sure the people that are handling it are wearing rubber gloves and make sure that proper hygiene is followed by the people in that restaurant. Your life depends on it. And so does your family's life. There's, I go to a friend of mine's restaurant. He's got the, the best Italian food in all of the Northwest. He was trained in Italy. And I can smell when the seafood is not cooked properly. I I get the blackened salmon, and as they're bringing it out 20 feet away, I can smell that it's not cooked all the way. So you have to you have to use some common sense, and don't don't be reasonable about this. I, I heard many people say, "Oh, I don't want to complain because I, I just I don't want to complain. I don't want to raise a ruckus. I'll just eat it." Don't. You'll end up sick. And if you do end up sick, remember I did an episode on Lugol's iodine. We had this this thing here, and I should have known better. Super One Food had this special on cod, ra- rainbow trout. Uh, bass. Uh, there's five different types of fish that came from uh, from uh, Taiwan, and they were four ounces vacuum packed in little segments for a dollar a piece. So you know me, I'm not going to go buy four or five. I went and bought a hundred of each, vacuum packed them again, and uh, put them in the freezer. And we ate some of the uh, trout the next night. That night, I ended up with intestinal cramping, and I had to take. Uh, I took Lugol's iodine, and it, it it took care of that. And I, and I didn't put two and two together. A week later, we had some other of that seafood, and I ended up with intest- another poisoning, intestinal cramping. Lugol's iodine took care of that. At that point, I went online and I researched the fact, the place where all of this food came from, and they actually literally feed these fish. This fish, all of it, is farmed. Uh, human feces. So I took it all. I took the uh, the the address, the website for this uh, video that showed what they feed this these these fish, and I took it to the manager of Super One and all that fish, and I said, I want all my money back, and you better pull it off the shelves right now. So she went and watched it, and it was pulled off the shelves. But this is, you just, you just got to be careful. It's very dangerous out there. And then you get food that's been stored too long. Or, I put it this way. So you have a turkey for, for Thanksgiving, right? And then uh, you, you, what, what's not eaten, you put on the counter. And a couple hours later, that turkey's room temperature, and you go, well, let's put it in the refrigerator now. Too late. Bacteria's already started growing. Once meat whether it's fowl, beef, pork, fish, once it reaches room temperature, 
bacteria instantly starts growing. It starts rotting. At that point, it's called garbage. Throw it out. If you don't, you'll get sick. If you don't, you will become poisoned. Or somebody will. All it takes is one molecule. It takes one bacterium. That's all it takes. Now I've got a list here of uh, what, what some customers have done over the years. And you might have heard some of these. You might have heard some. You know what TVP is? Textured vegetable protein? You know what dog dry dog food looks like? Well, that's what TVP looks like. In fact, a lot of dry dog food is textured vegetable protein. And then they just soak the TVP in uh, various flavors, and then dogs eat it. So this guy bought 20 cases of unflavored TVP. Unflavored. Never tasted it. Ten years later, opened a can up and tasted it, and it tasted like it tasted like uh, dry dog food with no flavor. <laughs> and he tried soaking it in in beef broth and other things, and it just it, that was it. It just didn't work. And as a matter of fact, the dogs wouldn't even eat it. So he's got ten cases of this stuff. He just threw out. Let's see, another customer, 99. Now, until about six years ago, Survival Enterprises was the second large supplier of emergency foods in the United States. That's where a lot of these come from. A lot of these, uh, what customers have done. And they've considered this stupid, stupid things they've done. In 99, this guy got $50,000 from the death of his father and decided to totally stock up on food. So this is just before he found out about us, Survival Enterprises. So he fell for this uh, uh, guy on the internet that was selling do-it-yourself food and packaging. He got hundreds of pounds of wheat, beans, rice, dried corn, dried potatoes, etc. And hundreds of plastic buckets and oxygen absorbers, plus instructions. So he followed the instructions, packaged all the stuff, and put it in a basement for that rainy day. (laughs) In 04, he opened up a bucket of wheat to see how it was doing, and it smelled so acidic like plastic that uh, he threw out he threw it out and then they were concerned so they started opening up other buckets and they found the same stench you, there's no way you can eat that stuff and what he found out was the buckets that he had been sold were not food grade they came right from home depot they five gallon buckets right not food grade do you the difference between food grade and and commercial grade Plastic buckets is very simple. Plastic buckets are made in a mold. So this mold goes into the, uh, uh, the, the where they pour the plastic, and it pours into the mold, and then it keeps going, and it cools, and then the mold opens up, and the bucket's got to fall out. To make it fall out, they spray the inside of the mold with a what's called a release agent. Now, normal buckets, those molds are sprayed with silicone. Just silicone spray. <laughs> Okay, which is toxic to humans. Food grade, the mold are sprayed with soy oil. Okay, so it's edible. So the you, you cannot use anything but food grade buckets when you're storing food or packaging food. And he learned this the hard way. He got screwed. He had to throw everything out. Everything. Everything that he'd stored. 
I remember I stored, I didn't store food in a, a food, a five grade bucket, a five gallon bucket. I stored clothing and I put it in my storage area. And then uh, 10 years later, I opened up the bucket to get the, 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 it was all, it was brand new underwear. <laughs> it's what it was. <laughs> and I opened it up and it smelled so bad. And I'm like, oh my God. So we washed it and the smell never came out. I'm not wearing that crap. It went in the garbage. Didn't even donate it. Or uh, the guy that got 50 flats of bottled water that he stored in his garage under his workbench. And after uh, winter, he noticed lots of water on the floor. Well, the bottles had frozen, burst, and then leaked when they thawed. See, when it's fr- when they freeze, they don't really leak. It just freezes. It's You notice the water when it thaws. So that's what happened. Uh, again, another one of those I learned the hard way type thing. Now, I started my radio career. Well, not my career, but I started on uh, doing the uh, armchair survivalist on GCN with Alex Jones. And Alex is what's known as a patriot whore. He sells anything and gets his hands on. He'll advertise anything in any way, shape, or form on that uh, on that on GCN. And they were advertised, and I refused to let him. When I found out about this, I, I said, you may not advertise this on my show. How to Survive Martial Law. It was a defeatist downer. The guy that wrote the book, the idea, how to, how to, do, how to uh, survive martial law, look down, don't store anything, don't, don't save it, have no guns, don't argue with anyone, yes sir, yes ma'am, uh, be quiet, don't... Uh, don't make a stink about anything. Don't complain about anything. I mean, the guy was obviously was some kind of a communist plant. So one of the suggestions that this idiot that wrote the book, How to Survive Martial Law, said was, if you're going to store anything, store it in the attic where nobody will look. So this guy did. He stored a bunch of cans of meats and soap, soups and vegetables, cans and chili cans and... And... Uh, after he heard me talk about how bogus this how to survive martial law was, he went up in his attic and all the cans had burst. What's the hottest part of your house? It's not your garage, it's your attic. It, it, it was a crawl space, right? Yeah, they all heated up. During the summer, your attic gets 150 degrees plus. It just cooked everything and blew it out. That was 500 bucks worth of food that he just threw out. Uh, then another guy listened to me and I talked about building a special storage shed for storing your food in. And I had the plans for it. It was a 10 by 20 fully insulated uh, shed. All sides, the top and the bottom. And a small, tiny AC unit in it to keep everything below 65 degrees. So it was insulated like crazy. He had a foot of insulation everywhere, all the way around it. And he stocked it up with five years of food. Now, this was a this was a building about 50 feet from his house. And it had power. Well, it was um, a year later, a couple months into the summer, he's out working in that area, and he didn't hear the AC running. So he goes in and noticed it was well over 100 degrees inside. Seems the AC had tripped somewhere during the winter. It had flipped itself off and he'd never even checked it so he had to throw out hundreds of cans of swollen foods 
destroyed foods. This is another, you have to think ahead. Well, let's see. Now, here's something I did. I had a listener who worked for a well-known, uh, oh, what do you call it? It's a, you know, when you go into a 7-Eleven store, one of these little little stores, and you find these little meat things, you know, uh, food sticks or, or, or jerky or something up on a counter. He worked for that company, and he sent me a couple hundred pounds of that stuff. Now it was all packaged. So I'm thinking, oh, that's great. I can store this stuff. So I put it all in the freezer, and I would eat some of it each week. After about six months, I go... The, uh, I brought out some food sticks and I'm opening them up and they stink. Well, it turns out that all of those things have chemicals in them. All of that stuff you buy, all of the food sticks and the jerky and things like that are massively loaded with chemicals. That meat is not going to store in any way, shape or form. I don't care what you do to it. So I had to throw it all out. That was was awful. Well, let's see... Oh, now we're going to get into guns. Stupid things people have done with guns. And I'm not talking about sucking on a barrel with a loaded round in the chamber. Storing a firearm in your safe loaded. See, we used to sell... I, I was a master gunsmith, gun gun store, big gun store, sold safes also. And this guy bought a fireproof safe. Now, just to let you know, that means fireproof. It means it's not going to burn. doesn't mean heatproof. So that heat's going to go right inside of there, and it's going to do damage to whatever's inside of there. This guy had a collection of stainless steel firearms, revolvers, semi-automatics, rifles, and shotguns. He had hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of guns in this safe. And he had them all loaded. A year after he bought the safe, he comes to me and he goes, can you repair these guns if they've been through a fire? I go, been through a fire? What are you talking about? You have a fireproof safe. He goes, yeah, <clears throat> I also stored all my guns loaded. So when it heated up, the ammo all went off. So picture a revolver, all six cylinders go off at once. It just blew the top strap off. So I took his guns, and there was about 30 of them. I was able to 100% repair five or six of them. And that was it. Don't store your guns loaded. Someday, somebody might pick that up and and thinking that, well, this guy wouldn't be so stupid as to keep a loaded gun in a safe and then pull the trigger. Now, I don't know why this one's in here. Don't bring a knife to a gunfight. That's just common sense. This, This one is something that is stupid, but I don't know. I have seen it a dozen times. Go to fire a gun, it doesn't shoot, and you look down the barrel. I had a uh, had a friend of mine had a had a had a uh, it was a Ruger, forty four cap and ball, so it's one of those you have to load with powder down the, down the chamber and put a ball and a patch in there and crimp it down. All right, so we're out shooting. He fired five rounds, and the sixth round didn't even make a noise. I swear to God, he was. I was standing right next to him. He starts to turn the revolver, like he's going to look down it. And before I, before he could get it pointed at his head, I pushed his hand down to where the gun was aiming at the ground, and it went off. 
I don't know if he learned anything from that, but I hope so. Now, this is something on the firing line if you're at a range. When you're done shooting, you clear your weapon always. When you're at a range, indoor or outdoor, or target practicing, and there's no, no, uh, uh, it's not a range, so you don't have a range master there. You're just out shooting. When you're done and you want to look at your target, unload your weapon at all times. Make sure all weapons on the firing line are unloaded. Accidents happen, don't they? Well, here's a stupid thing that a friend of mine did, and I'm, I'm, I'm unfor- unfortunately, I'm the guy that sold him the rifle. He had a five-foot-tall wife. She loved hunting. She had a 243 rifle, 243 caliber, and it was kind of heavy for her. So he decided to to uh, upgrade her rifles and bought her a Ruger Ultralight in 30-06. It dislocated her shoulder. I fired that rifle one time, uh, and I was in pain for a week. So uh, this is part of common sense. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I was at a range one time, indoor range in uh, Modesto, California. Guy had a Browning High Power next to me. Nice gun, holds 13 rounds, 9 millimeter. He would get up to the range, he start, he put, he aims down range, pulls the trigger, and it went full automatic. Freaked him out. The range master come in so pissed off, he said, who's shooting automatic weaponry in here? And we're like, we don't know. And he, he, the gun was laying down. He goes, the son of a... It went off. It went off and went full auto. Well, I'm the gunsmith, so I pulled it apart. The f- firing pin, it, the gun was so filthy, so dirty, that crud had jammed the firing pin forward. So it was sticking out of the firing pin block. So as he, when he fired the gun the first time, it jammed, and then every, each time the gun cocked, ejected, went forward, and loaded another round, it automatically went off. Clean your guns. Well, this is unnecessary to say, but there's videos online where you can see police officers trying to impress, oh, a class full of students with loaded gun. One of them shoots himself in the knee, the other one shoots himself in the foot, and one shoots himself in the butt. Luckily, it was only him that got shot. And again, you know, you guys can hear these things, and I'm sure you can put uh, your own spin on it and how many different things you can uh, come up with. And this is just plain common sense. I hope it is what I'm talking about now. And I, I hear this from people. They go onto Facebook all the time. Or they go onto some other stupid social media. And they find these these petitions Sign this petition so uh, we can stop the Democrats from trying to take our guns. And they go, you got to sign this petition. you got to sign this now. Do you actually think that anybody gives a damn about these, position, these, these uh, petitions? Nobody cares. Well, that's, oh, this is the one that gets my wife. She gets angry at this. Leaving your purse in a shopping cart unattended. We're going through Albertsons, and here's this cart in the middle of an aisle with a purse and you know most women they don't carry purses they carry luggage it's a purse and it's open and there's the billfold and then there's the list of food uh, obviously somebody's shopping there's nobody in that aisle so my wife takes the purse and goes up to the front and turns it into to uh customer service 
What kind of stupid is that? I don't understand. Or leaving your purse open or unzipped when you while you're carrying it. I've had to get on my wife about this. She would, she has a she would unzip her purse and pull out her wallet and use the money and then stick her wallet back in and then just put her purse back on her shoulder with it unzipped. So anybody could reach in and take the wallet. Now, one time, I'm in uh, Rio Linda. <laughs> I actually lived in Rio Linda. And I'm at a little 7-Eleven, and there's, a gas, there's two gas pumps there. And I just got my gas, paid for it, and I'm pulling out. As I'm pulling out, a car pulls up behind me. And this is an old lady, and she gets out of her this Buick she's driving. She gets out of her Buick, and as she's getting out, this this La Bamba lowrider pulls up on the other side, and this guy about six foot two, three hundred fifty pounds, wearing nothing but bib overalls, and he's Mexican. He gets out, and he starts pumping his gas. Excuse me. Well, she opens her door, and she reaches in her purse, pulls out her wallet, takes out a wad of twenties takes one of them off, sticks the wad back in her purse, and closes her door with the purse sitting on her front seat and walks in to pay for it, pay for her gas. This Mexican looks at her, reaches in his back seat, pulls out a tire iron, breaks the window. Reaches in, and I see it at that exact point. So I spin around in traffic, and I come back just as he's pulling her purse out. Now, this is my wife's car I have, so it has only a little twenty-two automatic in it. I pull the little pistol out. I get out and I walk up. I'm about 10 feet away from him. I said, drop the purse now. And he goes, I, you just got a little pop gun there. I can take you out with this crowbar. And I said, yeah, but this pop gun had seven rounds and they're all going in your left eye. So he dropped the purse and the tire iron and took, and took off. And I went inside and I told the lady that she had done a very stupid thing. Now here's another stupid thing. I do not need to listen to your children scream and cry especially in a store or a restaurant. There is some psychotic training that millennials have received that says, don't give in, let them cry it out. I don't need to hear that. You know, woman is in a, in, in a store and she's got this two-year-old who's crying and throwing a fit and she's just ignoring it and pushing it along. And I'm listening to it for five minutes and I finally said, that's enough. I walk around, I walk up to where the kid can see me, and I said, that's enough. Well, guess what? The kid shut up. So I looked at the lady, I said, that's what you do next time, okay? Boy, that pisses us off. I do not need to hear it. I've walked out of restaurants when people bring their damn children in, and then they start crying. That's fine. Kids cry. The kids get upset. They need to be handled. It's fine. You figure out what's wrong. They just ignore it and let it go. Now, we got something up here, and I don't understand this, because I'm not going to talk to any of these people. It's uh, 18 degrees outside, and you'll see a fat guy wearing shorts and flip-flops at Albertsons. I don't understand. Every day, we had a guy come in here yesterday. Uh, Let's see, it was snowing. It was uh, 30 degrees exactly. He was wearing sandals with no socks. A bib overall with no shirt, and the and, and he had a, a, a just a, a flannel shirt over the top of it, no jacket, no hat, no nothing. 
And he comes in and he and he buys something and he goes out. I'm like, what's wrong with these people? You can't tell me it's not cold. I know it's cold. Oh, and by the way, never stand behind a horse or a mule and slap it on its butt. Just a word of warning to you guys. Uh, let's see another thing stupid people do, and and a lot of times they uh, they live using a knife to get toast out of a toaster that's plugged in. I saw this in Los Angeles. I was literally I was at a at a uh, a restaurant, and there was toast that was burning, and the cook stuck a knife in there, and then the other cook. I didn't see the whole thing going on. But then I see the other cook looking down going, uh, Alberto, you okay? And by the way, never get rid of a beehive with a rake. What are you, what are you going to do with the with the, uh, with the the hive when it's down on, on the ground? It's going to come after you. So, no, never get rid of it with a rake. Now, me, I use a flamethrower. Uh, working with electric... Uh, sockets, plugs, etc., without shutting off the circuit breakers of the power. We had uh, we have a bunch of fluorescent lights here in the store. So the management company, and one of them went out. Management company sends sends these two millennials over to fix it. He never once checked the power to see if there was any power going to there. He didn't even turn the lights off. He just started screwing around. And it ended up. Ta- it, he ended up zapping himself. He didn't get hurt. It's Jesus. You know, it's, it's crazy. Leaving a fire burning in a sealed house. You understand. One of the things necessary for a fire to burn is oxygen. <clears throat> so what you need to do is make sure that there's oxygen to replace any fire that's burning in your house. Now, fireplace, propane heat. Uh, it doesn't matter. You have to crack a window. Now, my house is so well insulated that I could vacuum seal my house. So I have to have a window open at all times. We were trying to sell our house a couple of years ago. And a family came and looked at it. And I was explaining to them about the gas fireplace downstairs. And I said, you got to make sure you have a window open. And the woman, the millennial, said, uh, why? So, well, you understand that flames need oxygen. She goes, yeah, there's plenty of oxygen in the house. Right? I said, no. There isn't plenty of oxygen in a house. This is why people end up dead every year because they don't ventilate when they're using flames or heat. Every year, there's a story of the family that died in a van or the or the motorhome because they used uh, briquettes, you know, or hibachi for heat, and didn't open a window every year. Now this is a new one. This is a new one. Walking and texting. Don't do that. They actually installed. You know when you come up to a corner and you're walking, you want to push a button so the so the walk now sign can come up. Well, usually they put those buttons on the on the pole there. Now they have to put a three foot tall pole separately, right where you would walk into it, with the button down there about three feet off the ground. So people who are looking at their phone while they're walking won't uh, walk into the street. I, this is ridiculous. Oh. You know, I never thought I'd ever say this or see this happening. Bicycling down a steep hill that's icy. We have, this is Coeur d'Alene. This is where Iron Man is. And you have, 
you know, these people have to swim a long ways, they have to run a long ways, they have to bicycle a long ways. So some of these people stay here year-round and train. We have these idiots that'll run down the street jogging in the middle of winter while it's snowing. We also have these people that ride these fat tire bicycles in the ice. And uh, we don't have a lot of steep hills here, but I've seen these people go down them. <laughs> the smart ones actually walk. Uh, we don't have a lot of smart ones here. Let's see. Don't chase sharks in the surf. Now, this is stupid. I had a friend of mine in Hawaii, and they have these sand sharks. They get right close up to the to the uh, curb. <laughs> they get right close up to the shore, and these sand sharks, they swim around, and they're like three feet long, and they're looking for little birds or, or turtles or something that's that's in the uh, in the surf there. And these idiot tourists go there, and they think it's funny to chase these things. And then they wonder why they end up in the hospital with shark bite. Well, this one falls under the category of don't pet wild two-ton animals. This is don't take photographs of active volcanoes at ground level using a macro lens. You also don't want to stay to watch the coming tsunami. Unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of videos you can find right now from the, uh, su- the, the, the tsunami that came and killed thousands and thousands of people. And this is a warning to my brother. Of course, it's uh, 60 years too late. Don't going down a hill on a motorcycle, put your hands in the air and say, look, Ma, no hands. Anyway, all right, so I gave you some information. Stupid things people do, don't do them, and then you won't be stupid. But that's just me ranting. And there are things out there that you know in your part of the area that people do that are insane and dangerous. Uh, You have the right to tell people not to do that. You really do. Don't let them fool you and say, how dare you? You say, I dare because I care about you and I care about the people that you could possibly harm by being stupid. It's that simple. Well, appreciate you listening to the show. And uh, if you have any questions, you can always email me, kw at armchairsurvivalist.com. You go to armchairsurvivalist.com and uh, you listen to me there down at the bottom of the page. It tells you different ways to listen to me. It also gives you a link to my email address. I'm more than happy to answer any coherent, sane emails. Uh, you can come to the store in Hayden, Idaho, on Government Way. The address is at uh, armchairsurvivalist.com. You can click on uh, Survival Enterprises. Find out the stuff that we have for sale. And remember, we can't take credit cards. Uh, we can only take your check. But this is this is approved. This is safe. You place an order online or you call up and say, I want to order something. We can take your check over the phone. It goes through a program, then it prints up, and then we take it and deposit it. It's just like you mailing the check, except it saves you a week from waiting to get the product. Want to place an order? Ask a question. 800-753-1981. That's 800-753-1981. Can't think of anything else. But if there is anything, just give me a holler. Let me know. Uh, This is Kurt Wilson, the Armchair Survivalist, signing off. Keep your nose in the air and your ear to the ground. I'll see you next time.